I'm Meg say <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Well, I would do it like the two Ronnies. What? I'm Meg John Barker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Justin Hancock. And together we are <laughs> the, the two Ronnies, the Meg John and Justin podcast. podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Woo! How many uh, of our listeners out. will remember the two Ronnies? <laughs> shout out to a very small cohort of our listeners who will yeah. get the two Ronnies. Yeah. Apparently, when Ronnie Barker was buried, I found this out this week. Yeah. Um, again, sorry to alienate anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, during the, the, the ceremony, rather than have two candles, the Verges had four candles. Because he, he was Because of the big... four candles sketch. Oh. Four candles. Oh, four candles. No, four four candles. <laughs> oh, four candles. Four candles. Okay. Yeah, I do remember um, that. So, yes. uh, welcome back, dear listener. Don't switch off. It's not about the two Ronnies. We're going to stop talking about the two Ronnies. I love the two Ronnies. Yeah, I guess I'd be Ronnie Barker because of my name. Uh, You'd have to be Ronnie Corbett. Right, fine. Yeah. I could do those stories. Oh, he used to sit in a chair and do these awesome stories. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Comedy of our youth. Don't go back and watch that show. No, it probably is terrible. (laughs) It's probably really bad, isn't it? I think it's really bad. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. But some good stuff. In the 1970s, different rules. The 70s. Hashtag the 70s. Yeah. Oh, God. Thank God we're not in the 1970s. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, it was really bad in the 1970s. We thought we were going to be blown up by a bomb. Like, yes. As well. This, um, the, the document that I've got our notes for this podcast is now called Joy and Horny because that was the topic for the last one Joy and this is, the topic oh, is now we're, Horny we're, we're pulling back the curtain and revealing what happens behind the scenes that we record more than one in, yeah. in one sitting well that's cause, partly because I live in a different city now so it's you know easier to have a long session every other week rather than coming yeah. up every week or you coming down yeah we're having to yeah we used to live very close to each other so we could literally just nip out and do that's one that's right when we were writing a book it was like every Tuesday or something wasn't yeah. it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. anyway right so this one we've done a podcast about um, feeling horny all the time and how worrying to, about worrying being, about yeah. feeling horny yeah mm-hmm. and how to like deal with it so we thought we'd do one about wanting to be more horny yeah not feeling horny enough yeah too um, much versus not enough yeah yeah um, so, um, why, what, so <laughs> why do we need to feel more horny? I mean, it's a weird things like why yeah. it's, um, uh, we don't think of this in terms of any other, um, uh, aspects of our bodies, do we? Like, um, why don't I feel... This is what I, happens when you go off script. This is going to need a bit of editing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no. Like, this isn't on our own no, script. No, exactly, so fine. What, what, so let's talk about the say? cultural script. Yeah. Start us off, MJ. What I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't step outside of culture. This is something yeah. we say a lot, which I got from Ros Gill, who's an awesome professor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it's so likely if we're thinking we're not horny enough, there's going to be some element of some idea about how how horny it's normal to feel yeah. or that you should feel yeah. or like some cultural imperative to be normal um, and to be horny and that being part of being normal um, may be quite often exacerbated by our friends or peer group saying we should be wanting sex or wanting to be horny, often partners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, and it's, it's throughout sex advice literature um, that there's yeah. sort of this idea that it's as normal as breathing or eating, mm-hmm. you know, you should have 
appetite for food, you should have appetite for sex. So I think it's the big first question is like, do you really want to feel more horny yeah. or is this kind of a cultural pressure and recognising it's quite hard to t- tease those things apart? Um, I mean, the cultural pressure is doing a number on us because it yeah. comes from two different directions at the same point, which is one of the things that we discussed in our worrying about feeling too horny yeah. is that it's the same cultural pressure from the other direction saying, well, there's an appropriate amount of horniness mm-hmm. you should be feeling. Yeah. And that's either more or less than you're currently feeling. Absolutely. And no one's ever at the appropriate level of horniness. There's no like Goldilocks exactly. level of horniness because the... We've got uh, the cultural script of, which comes from sex negativity, which Mm. is that you shouldn't really be feeling horny unless these very particular circumstances are in play. Ideally, you're having reproductive sexes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about when Dr. Eleanor Yanago joined the show. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But then then also there's the sex positivity where, as you were saying... Mm. Um, I think as George Michael might have said, you know, sex is natural, sex is fun. Or sex is natural, sex is good. Not everybody it. does it, but everybody should. Yeah, that's I can't it. believe I'm getting George Michael right. And no, we've not really talked so much about how I've just got so into George Michael recently. You're fully into George Michael. Yeah, yeah. maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep that back for me. Yeah. Or maybe one day we'll do an entire George Michael episode. I, I could sing George Michael for the entire episode. I mean, so could I. You don't want to hear me trying to sing George Michael. It's hard. Um, anyway. So, yeah. um, so it's like there is the Goldilocks cultural script of yeah. that is right sandwiched in the middle of these podcasts, isn't it? And it is yeah. like we've got this kind of newer cultural script is that you're meant to be doing it more. And like uh, medics and psychiatrists reinforce this. So like the, you know, the kind of people who write the diagnostics and statistical manuals for psychiatric disorders. You know, there's this whole section on supposed sexual dysfunction. Yeah. And, you know, I think some of the more critical sex therapists have even, you know, referred to that Goldilocks is basically the right the right amount of horny is the amount that that particular psychiatrist or therapist has Um, and anything more than that is sex addiction and anything less than that is you know a sexual dysfunction yeah and it's like that is seriously problematic and when they so Mm. when these so we talk about cultural scripts the way that we talk about cultural scripts I mean we've had this conversation cultural scripts Mm. are incredibly powerful yeah it's not just what we hear on Hollyoaks once and think oh you know I'm going to like they are literally everywhere they're woven into the fabric this is how you're going to get diagnosed it's in the legal profession yeah Yeah, it's like in in um, many faiths it's in you know stuff around education yeah It's, it's just everywhere yeah so um, it's powerful so when mm-hmm. we're talking about these it can be very as you were saying it can be difficult to pick out what's the cultural script and what's actually yeah. you know to what extent because so many experts that you would go to on this question would say yeah absolutely you need to feel more horny and you know there must be something wrong with you let's fix it with drugs let's fix it with therapy yeah. rather than accepting so the people we can really learn something from here is the asexual community or the yeah. ace community yeah. um, because that burgeoning community that's now much more kind of readily available mm-hmm. in terms of that what expertise is coming from that community is to say it's totally fine not to experience sexual attraction or mm-hmm. sexual desire mm-hmm. or both and it's fine to only experience it sometimes or just in certain situations yep. there's this whole plethora of kind of language around being grey A or um, demisexual or you know you can check it out online and yeah. it's just make, given this language for the spectrum of sexual feeling and mm-hmm. how it's really fine to be anywhere on that spectrum yep. um, and it's really fine to, to, to expect partners to be okay with that for it to for it to change over time or for it to be static yeah um to 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 disentangle 
romantic relationships from sexual relationships mm -hmm. and sometimes you know some people being up for the one but not the other or yeah. vice versa yeah yeah i just think it's yeah it's such a wealth of expertise from from that community and what they're coming up, up with i mean as ever it's like when we start to um when we uh queer sex advice and when we crip sex advice in mm. the same way that where we apply the learnings of asexuality to sex advice mm. it's helpful for everybody mm -hmm. as well because it, it means that okay there are lots of different spectrums at play here and lots of different ways yeah. that we can incorporate um lots of different ways that we might do us and navigate how mm. we do us versus the cultural script and kind yeah. of as a like a um, as a counterpoint to the cultural script. Exactly, and if the cultural script, you know, for example, for me, it's like I'm not a asexual, although I've had long periods without experiencing much sexual desire or much sexual attraction, but like that, that knowledge from the ace community has given me the confidence to say, you know, to prospective partners, it's gonna have to be okay if, if sex drops off for you know, forever or yeah. for some long period of time. Like, I can't be in a relationship that's contingent on me putting out, basically. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it, I think it's great if it gives everyone the confidence to do that because then consent becomes possible in yeah. a way. It's just not if you're feeling like your whole relationship is contingent on being a certain level of horny yeah. or having a certain amount of sex. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or in the same way that people might be interested in very uh, sexual dynamics with, with someone, but be but the, that contingent on it not being about romance and yeah. with a capital R and not being about different kinds of intimacy that it might involve different other aspects, other yeah, dynamics. Yeah, exactly. Going. All of these different kind of sex styles and relationship styles or identities or experiences can kind of take the pressure off everybody mm -hmm. and enable us to say like, this is the way of doing sex and relationships that works for me currently. And also that that's okay to change yeah. over time. In fact, it probably will change over time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the leads on to the next thing. The most important thing here is con is consent. And I guess the first thing is like mm. self-consent as well. Yeah. Like, and that's really hard thing to tune into mm -hmm. because of all the cultural scripts we get. In addition to the ones we've talked about, the cultural scripts of that we shouldn't, that we need to treat, we need to think about other people before we think about ourselves. Mm. Um, rather than centering our, you know, thinking about our own boundaries and what it is that we need, and really, um, that really, that really gets in the way of us being able to tune into what it is that we might want. We've written a whole book about this. Yes, <laughs> enjoy sex. I want to if you want to. Uh, available yeah. now from all good and some bad bookshops. <laughs> um, so um, you know that's super important to be able to treat ourselves consensually, but also yeah. it's on us to be able to treat other people consensually if we're talking about partnered horniness. Yes. Um, and that we maximise everyone else's capacity to freely choose what it is that they want to do. Yeah, because again, there can be a sense from the sort of more normative culture that if someone's horny, particularly men, mm. masculine people, if they're horny, then something must be done about it. It's yeah. like, oh no, there's an erection, something must be done. Yeah. You know, and like, or, or, or a horniness from anyone sort of within that masculine zone is seen as like something that needs something done about it and that almost it's the partner's job to do that again you really get that sense in some of the sex advice that you know it explicitly it's saying you should be up for doing something about that even if you're not feeling it yourself i mean masculinity um, does a number on men there as well because it's it, mm. because it's assumed that men are horny all of the time yeah. then that's the default position and that's the subject kind of position yeah. so, and then if uh, if 
um, someone else is saying to a man, okay, I'm really horny, you need to be putting out Absolutely, right now, yeah, yeah, then yeah. Then they feel like, you know, there's no question that men can't be horny. Um, yeah, they should but, be instantly horny on yeah. anybody else's And as soon as they horny. are, everyone else around them needs to be yeah. uh, giving them what they need. That's right, that sort of idea of like, you know, yeah, you should meet, meet your man at the door in and, underwear or something, and that's inevitably, you know, he's, yeah. he's got to he's got to put out under those circumstances yeah yeah so um all of that can go down the toilet um (laughs) so i guess the so the 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 big kind of overarching thing is consent vital you shouldn't ever be doing anything you don't want to do um and tuning into those flickers of horniness you know and again just because there is some horniness that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to mean partner no. sex or solo you know it's like there's a plethora of things that you can do with that horny feeling including yeah. just staying with it and noticing yeah. it and enjoying it for what it is yes um i think we're rarely in a place of i am not feeling we're not in a binary of not horny to constantly horny yeah. there are going to be we're going to be uh, at times in between when we are neither of those things and so even if we've mm. not really felt horny for a long time we might still get a micro moment during the day where we might think oh that's uh yeah and it's a thing just worth noticing it doesn't mean that you have to act on it and yeah. it doesn't mean that yeah the, you're immediately gonna you know rip your clothes off and yeah. have like partnered horniness or you know go and um get your doxy out or or whatever or mm. even buy a doxy they are not sponsoring this podcast <laughs> but if they, they wanted to sponsor want. the podcast i don't know, I, don't know. I, would do. I love them they're awesome yeah so. i mean i've yeah. got one i think it's great but yeah. I, I i mean are we are we don't know why we're going to be except i don't know uh, <laughs> we'll not go there let's not talk about the, the hashtag capitalism <laughs> yeah no i mean but they are like a, a small business though aren't they, oh, they so, don't see. Oh, yeah well, yeah based in cornwall Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we could have a little trip to Cornwall. Well, maybe you may not like that, but I would like a trip to Cornwall. To yeah, I mean, I'd go look around the factory and record a podcast there. And yeah. I'd do that. Yeah. This one buzzes, does it? Yeah. <laughs> what about this one? Yeah. Yeah. What, is this one? Yeah. They all <laughs> buzz. buzz, Justin. Yeah. Your, your insights into our vibrators are rubbish. But it's quite good for audio, for podcast. The they look like a microphone, but they're not. No, <laughs> they do look like a microphone. Anyway, long aside about those. Um, so we're but, sort of talking about what you can do. I suppose there's a little other little extra point we should have put in there about um, like people don't only don't only have sex because of horniness. So while there's a whole yeah. like consent piece of like you definitely shouldn't be doing anything you don't want to be doing, there are other reasons that people have sex that aren't horniness. So mm-hmm. it's, we're not also we're also not saying you should only have sex if you're horny. Yeah. You may want to have sex, you know, for other reasons than that. Um, in terms of you know, might be a sex worker, you might um, be an ace person with a non-ace partner and feel okay mm-hmm. about sharing sex with them mm-hmm. in that way. There's there's all kinds of reasons that people have sex that aren't. Horniness. People who are trying for a baby are not always horny yeah, all the exactly. time, as, I, as my friends told me. But the, the consent piece is perhaps you know even more important when one or both people isn't horny is to really check that we get that that's not why we're having it this time, and we're both kind of consenting to be, or both or all consenting to be having sex under different conditions than horniness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there's a there's a different kind of um, there's a different 
uh, like waveform happening for when we may or may not have sex versus when we may or may not be horny. Yeah. They don't always happen at the same time, but right. like everything, it always fluctuates. Yeah. So if we're talking about horniness in terms of just wanting to feel more horny, yeah. which is what this podcast is about, rather than wanting to have sex more, mm -hmm. they're very, they're different things. Yes. So, but I guess it's like, um, so it's about if we think about these like micro moments of horniness during the day mm. rather than thinking okay i'm not horny this is not horniness mm. it could be well maybe this is horniness and being curious about yeah. what that feeling feels like yes and where it's going where it's coming from just what the nature of it is can you describe it what's the yeah and maybe decoupling again i think we're going to go to the word biopsychosocial which is one of our favorite probably our favorite long word isn't it because we're not yes. usually into big long words but biopsychosocial is a useful one it's very useful um and yeah again people often assume horniness resides in the genitals they assume that erection mm -hmm. um of erectile tissue on whatever body equals horny which it doesn't necessarily no. people can get erections when they're not horny and mm -hmm. people can get horny and not have erections um so maybe expanding out the sense of horny to include body heart you know other parts yeah brain you know there's definitely kind of brain horny that doesn't necessarily get felt through the rest of the body yeah definitely i mean mm. our body is our mind and our yeah. mind is in and our body and mind is in culture and our so mm. our culture so our body mind and and culture society are interlinked in that way. yeah so teasing them apart yeah is like is not is not always helpful mm. but being able to being able to notice all of the thoughts and feelings that you're getting if you're sensing something either in your body, in your mind, or yeah. what is culturally expected, and remembering that you're all of those things all at once. Yes. And, and thinking, and, but being able to just be with that at that moment is the tricky thing. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. have I explained that very well? I was talking no, I think about so. yeah. phenomenology then, wasn't I? Oh, man, that's a really long word. Are we really gonna, we're going to hit the readers no. with, listeners no, with phenomenology? <laughs> wow. <laughs> But it, yeah. but it, the reason it's complicated is because it is yeah it, it is complicated yeah so it's like know. yeah so um, the, I guess the thing is is that um, it's about just it's about just noticing and trying to notice mm -hmm. with as much curiosity and as if you're noticing that you're being a horny for the first time yeah and and you know it's also okay to think about the the biopsychosocial in terms of you know, especially I suppose if you've had a real shift in the amount of horniness that you experience and, you know, it's gone down a lot and you're a bit disturbed by that, then, you know, it isn't a problem to check out your body. And mm -hmm. like it could be a sign of something shifting bodily that would be worth knowing about. So yeah. having a check of your hormone levels mm -hmm. or is it that you're in chronic pain? Often people yep. feel less horny under those circumstances. Might there be anything to be done about that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it will be worth looking at your psychological experiences. You know, mm -hmm. has something non-consensual happened? Maybe you didn't recognise it was non-consensual at the time, mm -hmm. but that can certainly do a number on your horniness. And it may be that a bit of therapy or support around that or, you know, having some very kind and gentle, you know, thinking about, you know, has something like that happened and can you get some support for it? Big time. Um, and then also attending to the social, you know, who's your peer group? Are you getting messages around this that are making you actually feel less inclined to do stuff for you know is the pressure yeah um yeah or have you you know wandered into a much more supportive 
um, peer group like the asexual community and actually now you've finally got permission to not be horny and that's okay you know I mean it's yeah. so easy for people to feel very disembodied and out of tune with their body and there are so many reasons why that happens yeah. even to the extent where people find everything to do with the body really troubling and difficult like eating mm. and drinking and sleeping and sure. like and that um, so we're not saying that it's an easy thing to do just to simply like tune into your body because your body is always mm. a lot of people's bodies this is the like the political element to this yeah. some people um, are, feel uh, and are less able to be in tune with their bodies than others so yeah. if you're someone with a disability whose body is constantly feeling like there are constant that you'd have no kind of agency over your body if yeah. throughout your life that's you've how been people kind have of, treated you yeah yeah you've been like prodded and seen as like mm. a like an object or and and seen as somebody who doesn't have mm. choices then it can be very difficult for you to do this yeah tuning in process trauma can make it really difficult to tune mm -hmm. in or just treating yourself non-consensually and being treated non-consensually like you said mm. and across a range of areas you know if we're if we're treating ourselves non-consensually around work, you know, expecting our bodies to keep going and being productive. Yeah. If we don't treat ourselves very well around illness, all mm -hmm. kinds of things, then we're going to be less in tune with our bodies, including like when we feel hungry and when we don't, when we feel horny and when we don't, yeah. what kind of emotional state we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like it's definitely not about shaming any of that. But again, yeah. if you notice that it might be linked to something like that, then maybe addressing that bit is, is more key yeah. than, you know, it's not just about fanning the flames of horniness, it's also about like, you know, going and, yeah, getting some support around those areas or reading more about trauma or, yeah, whatever yeah. it is for you. Mm. And sometimes it is about um, all of the oppressions as well. Yeah. Sometimes it, yeah, it yeah. is, you know, if, um, uh, it, it is about our experience of homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, racism, yeah. ableism, ageism, classism, all of those things yeah. do definitely um, ha have a number, do a number on us about to what extent it's okay for us to feel horny well, absolutely. and is it, is it acceptable for us to feel horny? I mean, gender particularly, like so many um, women really struggle to be in touch with their own pleasure and horniness. And, Did I miss and, out sexism? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. the big one. That's a really yeah. big one because, you know, a lot of, yeah, you know, women and femininity is so tied to being for others yeah. and to being desirable for others that often it's, it's really hard for people to find their own kind of pleasure or their own horniness because it's so interlinked with yeah. others finding them attractive. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, Feminism 101 can be really great for, for that as well yeah, as like, time. yeah, engaging with groups that can support, you know. So is yeah. it? Is it you that is uh, struggling with not wanting to feel wanting to feel more horny, but not, or is it society? Yeah, doing it. It's mostly society. Yeah. The answer is it's mostly society. It's mostly, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, given that you live in society and you're the one who's struggling with something, then it's also okay to think about what you can do within that culture to to sort of look after you a bit better on this one. Yeah. And there's a bunch of stuff that you might do to sort of, if you're thinking, I want to sort of fan the flickering flames of horniness, mm -hmm. you know, engaging with erotica, porn, fantasy, bodily sensations with yourself alone or with others. All of that can be, yeah, like just noticing what gives you those flickers of horniness and going a bit further down those roads is great. We've got a nice scene on erotic fantasy, for example, yep. that helps you find like what's for you in terms of fantasy and fiction and porn. Um, 
because they might find that helpful. I think thinking about your whole body as well, people often, um, you know, are told so much sex education is about genitals. Yeah. And told that that's the only source of, you know, horniness. And it, as as you might know, it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you've been a bit genital focused, there might be other parts of the body that just might feel sensual or different mm. or just might open up a just completely different feeling that you might not immediately think is horny. But again, it's just talking about being curious and finding yeah. any flames that might be there a little bit and just noticing. Yeah, I mean, it's really great to do to sort of map your body in terms of what sensations feel nice. Mm. Again, both from you to yourself and potentially from you to other people mm-hmm. or other people to you. Big time. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess sometimes not trying to be, to feel horny all the time. It might be yeah. that somebody has been struggling with this so much that they're on a constant quest to try to feel yeah. horny. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be really, that can really kill any flames that are going on because it's a constant, it's another way of treating itself non-consensually. Yeah, exactly. That's why consent, the consent piece has to come first. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're, you know, um, if before we go to bed every night and when we wake up every morning, we're, mm. you know, we're, you know, going, reaching for our doxy and saying, I'm going to make this bloody well happen. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, then, no. you know, it's really not going to... That's why it's like we say a lot in the book is that the goal-focused approach to sex is just gives us the opposite. So yeah. whether we're trying to get an erection or we're trying to feel mm. horny or we're trying to get an orgasm, anything where we're like going for a goal yeah. means we're probably, you know, we're less likely to achieve that goal and yeah. we're certainly less likely to have a good time. Yeah, making anyone try to do anything isn't cool, including ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And bringing in any kind of non-consent here just reduces our agency, reduces our capacity, yeah. uh, reduces our capacity for joy. Exactly. And, so, and again, culturally, it's really hard not to treat ourselves non-consensually because it's probably what we've learned from day one is that we should work when we're feeling tired. Mm-hmm. We should have sex when we don't feel like it. You know, we should give this person a hug even though we don't want to we should read this book even though it doesn't interest us you know it's like yeah that's we're swimming in that soup we really are (laughs) it's like uh, and it's it's not super no (laughs) (laughs) oh wow that's a painful face Uh, I'm I'm gonna quote a pun from my friend this is not an original pun okay that was me cerebral oh I've got a whole set of soup jokes. Anyway, so <laughs> um, my pun game clearly. Is there anything else we need to be saying about wanting to feel more horny? No, I think that I mean I was going to flag up as well um, in terms of relationships with other people. Mm. You know, we, what we say oh, yeah. all the time is like, you know, you're 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 more likely to have different levels of horniness. Yeah. with, a, with a, somebody that you're sexual with then have the same level it'd be mm-hmm. really weird if you had the same level of horniness yeah. all the time or even any of the time and we have a podcast about discrepancies and fluctuations in desire yeah. we've got a bunch of that stuff in our sex manual zine and in enjoy sex how whenever you want to yeah. so yeah again just to remind everyone that it's really normal to mm-hmm. have different levels of horniness and that there are lots of different ways by expanding our erotic imagination we might be able mm. to make accommodations for different levels of horniness as well as just not yeah and the most important thing is is to aim for consent not to aim for the sex exactly aim for consent and that would be like you know it's definitely important that you know a hookup or a date doesn't have the sense that for success that will be sexual yeah. similarly in a longer term partner partnership there shouldn't be a, an expectation that sex will happen 
yeah. you know, X many times a week or mm-hmm. every night or a certain time of day. Or, you know, it's just like anything like that makes consent so much harder because you've got that script. And then yeah. it's like you're bad if you deviate from it. So we need to get rid of those kinds of script yeah. aim at consent. Big time. Boom. So another one of those uh, podcasts where we start out thinking, yeah, we'll be able to smash this. And then obviously it's, you know, it's very complicated, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's always complicated. <laughs> I mentioned phenomenology. I know. Wow. I know. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I need to, yeah, I mean, it's very unlike me, uh, but, um, mm. you know, bring out the big words. Yeah, we had two big words in that <laughs> podcast. <Wow. laughs> but we hope you found that useful, dear, mm. gentle, rough, shabby, <laughs> textured listener. I don't think we have any shabby listeners, do we? No, we don't, but there might be sometimes. I look look quite shabby today. I'm a bit shabby too. I need to trim my beard. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, So um, we hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please click subscribe wherever you've downloaded this podcast so you get all this joy... Yeah. Uh, coming in your ears I'm <laughs> no, quoting, no. No, I'm quoting no, no. <laughs> moving on another comedian I'm quoting um, every uh, every time we publish yeah. we aim to do a Patreon later on um, in the summer so look out for that um, and uh, please tell your friends uh, if you like this podcast yeah, and share us on social media we'd love that Twitter at Meg John Justin and feel Some free to message us if you've got anything that you'd like, like us to cover in particular. Yeah, absolutely. We're well up for suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And until next time. Bye. Bye.